You're now listening to a Bingeful Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Binge Pro Brain podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to share with you my views on binge eating as a habit. You probably have heard me calling binge eating just a habit. I talk about how to break a binge eating habit cycle. And in general, I do have habit-focused approach. But I never really addressed whether I really think that binge eating is just a habit. That's why in today's podcast episode, I want to do that. And I also want to talk about benefits of seeing it as a habit, but also limitations of seeing binge eating as just a habit. So first, uh, let's answer the main question. Is binge eating just a habit? So in my opinion, yes, it is. But at the same time, No, of course it isn't. (laughs) I know, you are confused. I'm confused too. That's why we have to talk about it. So yes, I think that binge eating partially can be a habit. Because, for example, if you are a person who has been binging for a while, uh, then for you, binge eating is a learned behavior that arise from the brain's natural ability to adapt and change in response to experiences, just like every other habit. Because repeated binge eating leads to neural pathways being strengthened and that makes that behavior more automatic and pretty difficult to control. But binge eating for sure didn't start as a habit. Probably it started as as a physiological reaction to, let's say, calorie deficit. Maybe it started as an emotional response to some kind of disrupting event. Maybe it was used a couple of first times as a coping mechanism. So when I refer to binge eating as a binge eating habit, I'm referring to established pattern of repeated behavior that is a result of neuroplasticity. So binge eating can become habitual due to brain's capacity for forming neural pathways based on repetitions. However, eating disorders are more complex than just plain habits. Eating disorders go beyond simple habit formation. So disordered eating behaviors, they might involve some habitual behaviors, but psychological, emotional and social Factors can also contribute to the development and survival of those behaviors. So binge eating is not just a regular habit that everyone can easily build. Environmental factors, emotional pain, trauma, body image issues, low self-esteem, even social settings and in general personal history can play a role in development of eating disorders. So eating disorders are not just behaviors and usually we associate habits purely with behaviors. So so when we focus on just behaviors, then of course binge eating isn't just a habit, especially binge eating disorder. Because uh, what's behind the binge 
is way more complex. It's a complex interplay of psychological and physiological factors. But there is also other way to look at it. Because we could say that all parts of eating disorder are habitual, uh, but we can say that only when we count thinking patterns and emotional reactivity as habits too. So it just depends of our definition of habit. Uh, so we can we can just see that all of those parts of eating disorders can be habitual too. For example, low self-esteem is a habitual way of thinking negatively about yourself, judging yourself badly and lacking confidence. Uh, let's say that isolating yourself and shutting down can be a habit stemming from, let's say, complex trauma. So I believe that even though eating disorders may not be just a mix of behavioral, emotional and mental habits, they can be uh, very often sustained and exaggerated by habitual patterns of thinking and acting. <laughs> so eating disorders are not just habit are not just behavioral habits. They consist of a cycle of unhealthy thoughts and behaviors. So when we talk about binge eating as a habit, we need to include in it also mental habits because majority of your eating disorder, I bet that it consists of mental habits. Like behavior is at the end of, um, you know, at the, at the result of all of it because it all starts with your thoughts, your emotions, and then the results is usually uh, a behavior. So we need to, um, so if we want to talk about binge eating as a habit, we have to include in it mental habits because you need to know that habits can extend beyond physical actions and routines to include thought patterns and emotional responses. So mental habits, just like regular habits, are patterns of thinking that you've developed through repetition. So a quick um, reminder how it works. So mental habits become ingrained in the brain through the process called neuroplasticity. <laughs> You've heard about neuroplasticity a lot of times uh, in this podcast. So here is, here is how it generally works. First, you need the repetition. So for example, when we repetitively think a certain thought or we engage in certain uh, mental activity, such as self-criticism, the neural pathways associated with that activity, they become strengthened. It's very similar to a well-worn path in a field that becomes more defined with each use. So what repetition does, it creates more synaptic connections because neural pathways are formed through connections between neurons um, and those connections are called synapses. And as we engage in a mental habit more and more, these synapses become more efficient at transmitting signals related to that habit. And another molecular thing that happens is neural pruning. So so, so, so some connections uh, just become uh, pruned away because they are unused and brain wants to be efficient. So it just kind of deletes unused connections. So I believe that changing mental habits 
is extremely important part of uh, healing from an eating disorder. Changing your relationship with your thoughts can really play a significant role in overcoming binge eating. Because binge eating is often associated with negative thought patterns, emotional triggers, and distorted beliefs about food, body image, and self-worth. So by addressing these cognitive parts of an eating disorder, you can develop healthier relationship with food and reduce the frequency and intensity of binge eating episodes as a starter, because of course the goal is to get rid of binge eating um, altogether. And we need to remember that changing those mental habits requires conscious effort and repetition, just like, you know, changing uh, physical uh, behavioral habits. So it's a gradual process of rewiring your brain's neural connections. So uh, I also want to answer the questions like why binge eating can be perceived as a habit. Well, my printer just decided to <laughs> to make some noise. I hope that you um, couldn't hear it. <laughs> okay, so why binge eating can be perceived as a habit? First of all, as I said, it is formed through repeated actions in response to certain cues or triggers. For example, restrictive eating um, can happen after you see yourself in the mirror. Binge eating can happen after you break your food rules. Purging happens, I don't know, after you overate and it can become just a habitual response to maybe, I don't know, emotional triggers, stress, specific situations and so on. So again, habit was formed through repeated actions. And again, we've got this um, neurological pathways have been changed because repeated engagement in binge eating will strengthen neural pathways in the brain, making those behaviors more automatic. And there's also feedback loop uh, involved because habits often create a feedback loop. And at the end of that loop, I mean, it's a loop. There's no end to, to the loop. But you know, there is a part where there is a reward. So with food, of course, you get some relief, you get some comfort, you get some uh, some pleasure. Uh, but an interesting fact is that um, a binge eating episode might be followed by feelings of guilt and shame. And that can lead to further binge eating as a way to cope with these negative emotions. And I also talk about binge eating as a habit because there is kind of like routine and predictability involved in it. Um, not only with binge eating, but the whole, but many eating disorders, because you might develop strict routines around meals, exercise, um, different rituals associated with, with your disorders. And breaking these routines can provoke anxiety and, and discomfort. So, even though there are some limitations of the, let's call it, habit model for binge eating, this is why I like to talk about binge eating as a habit. First of all, viewing binge eating as a habit emphasizes, <laughs> emphasizes your personal agency and you see the potential for change because you are not a victim of some kind of brain disorder. You just have many unhelpful habits around food, eating, emotions, negative thinking. So that helps you to depersonalize your eating disorder. 
you start viewing binge eating as a separate um as a separate thing from your identity and you start to recognize that it doesn't define who you are as a person because it is just a habit and there are many benefits of depersonalizing your binge eating disorder first of all it reduces shame and guilt because when you view this behavior as something separate from your identity you are less likely to internalize negative feelings about yourself you also start to experience more self-compassion because you recognize that this bad behavior is not a reflection of your entire self and you can just give yourself a little bit more self-compassion. You also look at your behavior more objectively because you can start to analyze the factors that contributed to binge eating without really getting that much entangled in self-blame and self-criticism. And that also gives you more motivation for change because you do not associate this unhelpful behavior with your identity Therefore, you are more likely to to change it. Um, And you are changing the habit. You don't have to fundamentally change who you are. And that's very important. I want to emphasize that this is my habit-focused approach. But in this habit-focused approach, we don't just focus on habits that involve behavior, but we also address mental and emotional habits. Uh, For example, working on behavioral habits involves identifying the cues or triggers that lead to binge eating episodes. And our aim is to interrupt the cycle of triggers, behaviors, rewards, so that you can gradually weaken the neural pathways associated with binge eating. And at the end, you are living more intentional life and you make more conscious choices. But again, behavioral habits won't truly heal you from an eating disorder. We also need to address emotional habits like emotional regulation. Maybe we need to retrain your nervous system, um, help you to manage cravings. We have to teach you how to respond rather than react and pause before acting. And again, behavioral emotional habits are not not everything, because we also have mental habits, right? Which we have to address in order for you to fully heal from an eating disorder. And those mental habits can involve working on low self-esteem, negative self-perception, or body image issues. So that was it, guys. I hope that you enjoyed this podcast episode. And at the end, I have a, a a special news, <laughs> um, special announcement, not news, special announcement that right now I decided to start working with clients again, but I also decided to limit um, limit spots to only two new clients per month because with my current life, this is what I will be able to handle uh, with my current agenda. So 
Yes, uh, I first I'm going to contact people who already submitted their coaching application and they are on a waiting list. However, um, again, uh, some new spots will probably open in the next couple of months. So if you are interested in working with me, make sure to check the links below and just submit your coaching application. And within a couple of weeks, I will contact you so that we can set up a free breakthrough session so that we can see whether we are a good fit uh, to work together. <laughs> so that was it. My coaching practice is open again and I'm very excited to start working with uh, with people again. <laughs> it's gonna be um, it's gonna be refreshing definitely. Uh, definitely I need to refresh <laughs> how I'm going to conduct those coaching sessions and also I think I, I want to change a little bit um, about my coaching program. But but yeah, but about that, I have to first uh, think it through how I want to change it and in which kind of direction I want to go further. But yeah, <laughs> that's that's something that I have to work on. <laughs> and once I know which direction I want to go, then of course I'm going to inform you. Okay, thank you so much for listening to me today and see you in the next podcast episode. Bye! If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye!